Hey, it's Adam Cardinal, Cardinal and Company team at HomeSmart. You're about to watch Next Level Home Ownership, sponsored by TMF Mortgage Professionals at Shamrock Home Loans. Great informative series, all about bringing your home ownership to the next level. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back to the next episode of Next Level Home Ownership, sponsored by TMF Mortgage Professionals at Shamrock Home Loans. Today, we're gonna to be talking about 1031 Exchange, and we got Joe Ackaway from Rhode Island 1031 Exchange Company. Thanks for coming out. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just get into it. What is a 1031 exchange? It's, it's, I, I was making fun of two or three K loans earlier. So 1031 <laughs> exchange, it almost sounds like another investment program, but what is that? What is a 1031 exchange? Sure, a 1031 exchange is a process that allows real estate investors to defer the capital gains tax that they would normally owe on the sale of property mm -hmm. if they're using the proceeds to buy other investment property. And 1031 is a reference to the section of the tax code that all the regulations are set forth within. Yeah. All right, yeah, so if I'm gonna, going to sell a property and I was going to have a $100,000 profit, mm -hmm. let's say, typically I would be get capital gains anywhere 16%, 20% on that. So out of the 100, I might be giving in taxes $16,000, $20,000 or more to the government where your process, I keep the money and then yep. can reinvest it. Exactly. Right, kind of like layman's terms. And it's that much more capital you can put forward as you continue your investing career. Yeah, love that. Yeah, can kind of compound it. Keep, exactly. Keep doing it over and over again. So um, which properties are eligible for 1031 exchanges? The important thing is that it has to be property held for investment use. It can't be your personal property. So even second homes don't qualify or summer homes. There are strict rules on personal use where you can only be spending... Uh, the greater of 14 days there or 10% of the days you're renting it out. Mm -hmm. So pretty much things that are held for investment, whether it's a residential rental, a commercial property, uh, raw land you're holding for appreciation, yep. almost any real estate that you're not living in yourself okay. would pretty much qualify. Obviously, only if you have a gain on it, you mm -hmm. would benefit from the 1031. Otherwise, it's very generous. And there's a lot of misinterpretations out there about oh, if I sold a duplex, I need to buy a duplex. But, yeah. but with the 1031, the truth is any real estate is considered like kind to other investment real estate. Yeah. What is the role, your role as a qualified intermediary? Like, how does that happen? If I'm not going to pay taxes on this money, mm -hmm. like, what, what do you do to do that? Like, so uh, my company is what we call a qualified intermediary for these exchanges. If you're doing one, you need to engage a company like ours, and we have to be working together prior to closing on your sale because to comply with all of the IRS rules, you know, the settlement statements need to show 1031 language and we ensure that you're following all of those rules and the timeframes involved. And another important piece is the seller can't have access to the net proceeds mm -hmm. during the exchange period or it becomes taxable. So a part of what we do is for each sale, we open up an escrow account and hold the funds for our clients until they're ready to put the money towards replacement property. Is there a separate escrow for every exchange? You have to open up new ones for every yeah, single one? Yeah, we do. Okay. It's not like real estate. Like In real estate, like say Cardinal & Company, it's home smart. We have one escrow that is specifically just for transactions. So there's no co-mingling of funds, but yeah, the we exchange, them. you have to yeah, keep them all completely separate. And what are, what are the time frames look like? To, like, hey, I, I want to sell this house. It's, a, it's Tuesday, June 2nd, and 
I'm gonna put this money in the 1031 exchange. Like, how much, how long do I have to identify a, a property? The timeframes are very strict and uh, create some pressure with the exchange process, unless you really know exactly what you're buying, which is always the ideal situation for our clients. But uh, the important one is you have 45 days from the date of the closing on your sale to identify replacement property, and then 180 days to be closing on something you've identified. Okay. So by identify, do I, I just we just send you verification, hey, I'm interested in this property, that property, that property. I might have multiple offers in on multiple properties, but I don't know which one it is yet. So is that is that how that kind of works? Yeah, the way that the identification process works is by midnight of day 45, you have to have set in stone up to three addresses listed on a form that we provide mm -hmm. to clients. Um, so not a purchase and sales agreement. It doesn't need to be under contract. Okay. And that's a common question. Yeah. It's ideal if they are for obvious reasons. You yeah. have more confidence going forward that you're gonna have a successful exchange yeah. and close on the property, but, but it's not required for identifying. It's just listing up to three addresses with us. Okay, all right. And those properties obviously they have to be Listed publicly, it can't be like a personal sale or like no, what, what a vetting. No, there's there's no requirement on that. As long as you're listing the address with us, it doesn't have to even be on the market or anything. Okay, you just have to be able to close on it. So yeah, excellent. What happens if I don't find anything? It's day forty-five, <laughs> and we've like, seen it. <laughs> work, work, work. <laughs> we get very annoying what's, what's leading happened? up to day forty-five. Trust me. Yeah. Um, so if there's nothing that's suitable for you or you keep getting outbid on things and you don't want to go forward, you can choose at that time to let the exchange fail, which would mean on day 46, we return the balance of the money mm -hmm. and the sale would revert to a normal taxable sale. Okay. There's no penalty otherwise for a failed exchange aside from being, you know, engaging our fee and yeah. getting things started like that. But otherwise, yeah, that's one way that the exchange could fail. Mm -hmm. Similarly, if you do list property and identify and going forward, it never works out that you can close by day 180. Yep. That's another case where the sale would just become a normal taxable yeah. So, So this is a reason to get a full-time real estate agent, of course we're hoping you pick Cardinal & Company real estate team, involved because we can be on the front lines, we can see what's coming, we know things that are coming up in advance, give you that competitive edge to get into some of these homes, get the coming soon listings to make sure you can get it by your deadline, at least identify it and close on time so you don't have a failed 1031 exchange. Quick question, if you're selling that property and say I'm gonna have $100,000 worth of gain, I'm selling one property, can I buy two? Can I put 50 here, 50 there? Yes, and that's a very good question. Uh, it's generous that you can sell one, buy multiple. Mm -hmm. You can also do the opposite. So if you had, you know, <clears throat> a couple of single condo units and you wanted to get into a larger multifamily or just something of higher value, uh, you can sell two and have one mutual replacement property from okay. two separate exchanges. All right, so in, in, in my scenario, we're gonna sell and we're gonna have a $100,000 profit, let's say, and I wanna buy this property that's 300, that property is 300, I'm gonna put $50,000 down on each. That money from the 1031 exchange goes down on each of those things. Once we have a purchase and sales agreement, you get your funding through TMF team at Shamrock Home Loans to buy those two. <laughs> we connect Joe with TMF and the closing attorneys and everything comes together. And now you've turned your one investment, your one multifamily or your one rental property into two. 
Can they do three? They can do three. They can do three. And, and there's even special rules I didn't get into for the identifying that do allow you to list more than three. Those are more rare cases, so I, I didn't want to get too yeah. deep in the weeds on it, but one rule allows you to list any number of properties as long as you're closing on 95% of what you list. Yeah. So, so you can sell that million dollar and then buy 10 lots of land for 100 yeah. and have a good exchange. It, it, it's an extremely powerful tool when you really grasp what you can do with it, whether it's you know, you're looking to expand, like in that example, or consolidate to simplify your portfolio. It's important to know that, you know, you can do these things without taking the tax hit on your way to your goals. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and if you are that savvy investor and you want to diversify, um, like for myself, we, we had one multifamily and we sold that. Um, I was living in it, so I couldn't have used the Tax 31 exchange as a primary residence. But if you weren't living in it, and then say, like, hey, I want to diversify, I want more properties, but pricing home values are up so high right now, sell that single, again, do the 1031 exchange, now take the X amount of dollars, break that up into separate down payments on two or three properties, and now you've diversified. Now you've, you've even though you have a mortgage, you, your income has significantly went up, and you saved the tax money, you kept it, and moved it forward into your next property. Like, I absolutely love it's this. Easy. So I have my 1031 exchange. I'm not going to use all of it as down payment, but can I use some of that for investment to fix up the place at all? Is that allowed? Uh, yes, and that gets into what's called a construction exchange. And uh, it's a process that does allow you to do that. It's a lot more complicated because uh, the IRS doesn't allow you to put proceeds into property you already own. So you can't buy the replacement property, then use leftover funds. What we have to do as intermediary is create an entity that is kind of a straw buyer of that property and holds it while you make the improvements, and then you buy it off of that entity we've created. Oh, gotcha. So those are, those are a lot more complicated, but yep. um, you know it, it works in a lot of cases. There's a general rule of thumb with exchanges that for a full deferral, you have to reinvest equal to or more than your sales price. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people just think, oh, if I walked with 150K and I put that forward, I defer all the taxes. But if you had a property worth 300,000 that you netted 150 from and only spent the 150, that doesn't meet that rule. Yep. You want to be buying for 300. They want to look for you to be buying up basically in yep. value to get the full deferral. <clears throat> so a case where the construction exchange makes sense is I sold for 500,000. I found a great property I want for 400, but I want to put another 100 into it, do the kitchen or bath over. Mm -hmm. If you can make it happen in the 180 days yep. with a construction exchange, you can achieve yeah. that. And you can make it happen in that 180 days. See our other video about Go Fix It with Carmine DeLuca and all the contractors and all the, um, the resources that he has to get your project done quick and efficiently. If I could just touch on yeah. another thing. Yeah, go right ahead. You had mentioned that um, you had a multifamily you lived in and sold. Mm -hmm. uh, you can actually do an exchange with the investment portion of a multi. So oh. if you live in- So I had three units. So three units, you live in one, you can do an exchange with two thirds of the proceeds, which would qualify. And uh, then you'd be also eligible if you lived there for two of five years, as you know, for yeah. a, a 121 exclusion on yep. your portion. Primary so, residence. So you can sell yeah. a three family with much less tax exposure if you're combining 121 and 1031. So as long as I was going to buy another investment piece. With that portion. With that portion. Mm -hmm. So in, in let's use the three family 
as an example, we just do $100,000 as, as, as it's easy, right? 33,000, 33,000, 33,000 per unit. I lived in one unit. That 33,000 is tax-free profit because it's my primary residence from more, at least two to five years primary residence. That I can use however I want, it's tax-free. Tax the two units, so 66,000, that can go into the 1031 exchange and can use that to buy another investment property, two investment properties, exactly. and avoid the capital gains, which I know I'm paying at the end of this year. <laughs> <laughs> so if I have my property listed and it's up for sale and it hasn't closed yet, can I close on my 1031 purchase before the actual sale of my property, the subject property is closed on? You can, and um, that's what we call a reverse exchange. It's Similar to the construction, much more complicated because, again, of another IRS rule. Yeah. In this case, um, you can't own both properties at the same time during an exchange. Mm -hmm. So once again, the process for us is similar. We have to create an entity that you know the actual client is loaning money to to buy the replacement yep. property. Then you have 180 days to carry out your sale mm -hmm. and it can all qualify. Yeah. So that that's all blessed by a process uh, by IRS uh, in 2004, allowing these reverse exchanges. Yep. And there's pros and cons to it. It can be a hurdle if you're relying on the sales funds to make the buy. Yeah. So if you need a lender to get involved on a reverse exchange where they're lending to an entity that I created a week ago, yeah. they're not gonna love it, but yep. some lenders are more, more on board with it if they understand the process. Yeah. Um, and it could help save a deal because it, if subject property A, which you're selling, and that those proceeds are supposed to go into the 1031 exchange to purchase subject property B, if the buyer for A fails and it comes out of contract, but you're still on a deadline to buy B and they don't want to issue an, ex, uh, an extension, that's a great, that reverse can yeah. come in and possibly save the day. And the huge value also is you don't have that pressure of the 45 day window mm -hmm. because all you have to do for that is identify what you're gonna sell, which is much yeah. easier than hunting down property to buy. Yeah. So a lot of people, especially lately in this competitive market, feel safer doing the reverse exchange, even though it's a bit more expensive and has its own hurdles. Uh, if they have a you know, six-figure tax obligation in what they're selling, uh, <clears throat> they wanna guarantee the exchange works, and there's no better way to do that than a reverse exchange. Yeah. Awesome. I love, I love saving people money. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> in, in a brief synopsis, mm -hmm. can you walk us through the overall exchange process, like start to finish? Sure. Just, just layman's kind of, it's from point A to point B. How do we get there? From the beginning, uh, aside from always being willing to consult freely on any 1031 situation with people in advance, uh, sometimes we talk five years before they sell. In advance is very important. <laughs> Don't tell me three days before we're gonna close, hey, I decided I wanna do a 1031 exchange. You can do it, yep. but it's like we're moving mountains. We've actually recently did one yeah. together like yep. that. Came was together like, pretty close. Yeah, I'm like, uh, oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do this, because he found a perfect place at the last minute, and then we did it. But you know, we need communication. Yeah, uh, so from there, when someone decides they wanna do an exchange, once they have the property they're selling under purchase and sale agreement, we use that contract to draft up our exchange agreement with them. Then as the closing approaches, we interface with the closing attorney, get certain documents and language and instructions set forth to them. Then come closing, they wire the net proceeds to us. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, we hold that in escrow. 
We issued the 45-day letter telling them their deadline. You helped them hunt down the perfect replacement property. Yeah. And uh, basically, uh, once the replace the uh, ID form is in place, we wait until you have a purchase and sale signed on the buy end. We can put deposits out from the money we're holding if you oh, need good. to. All right, I didn't even know that was an, yeah. an option. Yeah, yeah. That, that helps people out. And um, then ultimately, as that closing approaches, we, same thing, reach out to the attorneys involved, yeah. tell them how much money we're bringing mm -hmm. so they know what to ask the, the buyer to bring. Once it's all closed up, we put a binder together with all the documents and it makes it nice and easy for the tax preparer to see yep. how to report that. And, mm -hmm. um, and that's the very basics of a, a forward exchange. Quick question, you, you mentioned about the deposit, which mm -hmm. I didn't know about, so you're always learning something new. Real estate is ever-changing and evolving. You have to stay on top of it, you have to be in the game all the time. So if I'm going to use the TMF team, mortgage professionals, to buy a larger property, and I'm doing that exchange, and I know they always vet the deposit. They're gonna see, hey, this five or 10 or $20,000 deposit, it was vetted, it was in the bank, you have to provide documentation to show where the money came, the, the paper trail, basically, and they're okay with that because it comes through your corporation, they show everything, right? Exactly, yeah. And it's also very common for lenders to ask us for a proof of funds letter. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're sizing up a loan for somebody, they'll need to know that we're sitting on X amount of their money yep. and it's ready and available to go towards replacement property. Yeah, awesome. I learned a lot today. Did you guys learn a lot today? Yeah, good. Round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe Ackaway. Pleasure. Thank you very much from RI1031 Exchange Company. You are watching Next Level Home Ownership, sponsored by TMF Mortgage Professionals at Shamrock Home Loans. I'm Adam Cardinal, Cardinal and Company team at HomeSmart, and we'll see you next time.